Hi, my name is Mike Herbster. I'm privileged to be the director of Southland Christian Camp Ministries. For over 25 years, Southland has centered itself around the ministry of preaching. We believe that God uses the foolishness of preaching to convict hearts and transform lives. Our prayer is that today's sermon would push you to become more like our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As you listen, would you carefully evaluate your life in light of God's Word and take the appropriate action to grow in your walk with Him? We hope that you will enjoy today's message. I want to talk to you about a subject that I believe is very, very important for all of us, but in particular for, for people in their youth. And that is the subject of habits, building godly habits. Or if you want to put a title on this, the habits of holiness. You know, habits are uh, absolutely central to all that we do. I was thinking about this even this morning as I was meditating and thinking, uh, preparing to preach to you guys and share this with you. Um, there are things that I do every single day that I don't stop and think about like, oh, that's, that's a habit. When I, when I uh, get in the shower, I use pretty much the same type of shampoo that I've used almost all my life, right? Head and shoulders, right? Okay. I use the same type of face soap that I've used pretty much all my, my life. I mean, that's kind of interesting to me. Like, um, I've often thought my, my twin brother and I, my, my twin brother uses, he, he uses the same soap, but it's just like bar soap when he washes his face. I know this is kind of, you know, news for you guys, but but my wife, years and years ago, when I, when I got married, she started buying us this uh, Aveeno-like uh, soap that's I guess, has uh, sea salt from the Dead Sea in it. And it's like pretty sweet face soap. And I often thought to myself, if I created this habit of using that just randomly because uh, my wife bought it for us all these years, is my face going to be a little bit smoother and younger looking than my brother's face? I don't know. We'll see. You guys can be the determiner of that when we're 80 years old. I don't know. Then you think about your what you do for food, what you do for drink, what you do for um, sleep, and what you do for activity, and hopefully what you do for study. Um, life is one big habit. Life is a habit. What is a habit? Well, a habit, I was going to ask you guys to define it, but I will, I'll let you just listen today. Oh, no, go ahead. Anybody want to give me a, your your uh, definition of what a habit would be? Zach? That's something that you used to do so much that you don't really have to think about it as much. Okay. So it's uh, something you do that just becomes a part of you, right? Anybody else want to stab at that uh, ha- definition of a habit? A set pattern of behaviors. That sounded like textbook, Hannah. A set pattern of behavior. Well, here's what the dictionary says. A settled or regular tendency or practice, especially one that is hard to give up. Some synonyms. There we go. That's a hard word to say that ten times. Synonyms, synonyms, synonyms. Anyway. Synonyms, uh, words that are uh, that fall in line with habits, custom, a practice, a routine, a pattern, a tradition, right? So life is a habit. The fact that we look, get up every day and go to bed every day. That's a routine, isn't it? That the sun rises and the sun sets. God set life to be in pattern and in custom, if you will, in regular routine. 
So when God created us, I do believe that this is what God intended, that we would choose to get into routines, that we would get into proper habits, habits of holiness, habits that would build our relationship with Christ, strengthen it, and keep it on the, on the right path. But even secular people understand that um, habits are very, very, very important. Let me give you some historic quotations, as well as some um, new or uh, more motivational quotations that are more current. Abraham Lincoln said, Discipline is choosing between what you want now and what you want most. That's a great quote. Don't we typically live in the kind of here and now, like uh, just whatever satisfies us at the moment, and we don't think about what we really want most for our life and for our future and for, um, you know, for really our relationship with God? Um, Aristotle said this, this is a very good quote for, for you guys. And Aristotle was not a Christian, but, um, most believe he was probably an atheist, but Aristotle understood this, this point, good habits formed at youth make all the difference. Now I would still like to claim myself as a, as a young person. So, um, and I think everybody um, would like to claim themselves as a young person. So this isn't saying that when you're older, you don't need good habits, but it's saying that as a young person, it is absolutely central to the future and success of your life that you would develop in your youth good habits. And he's referring to the secular world. He's not even referring to spiritual habits, but that's where we're going to focus most of our attention. However, I would tell you that people that develop physical, mental, emotional uh, habits that are good are oftentimes the people that have spiritual habits that are good. It's not always the case, but discipline usually carries through the whole of the life of a person. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and favor with men. Every part of our world needs to have right habits. And I just want to challenge you at the outset of a semester that you would build the right kind of habits. Physical habits, you know, obviously academic habits. I've talked to several of you already. It's been fun to visit with you. And I have three more to talk to you today. So we'll be texting you about times this afternoon. But just encouraging you to build some habits as far as your study, your time management, and the different things. I just want to encourage you that that's something that is super important at the outset of your semester to be academically successful. That you would recognize that it's the regular routines of study and getting into that classwork or reading the, you know, following the assignments in the syllabus, if you start to build a habit of getting behind, it's hard to build the habit of catching up, if you know what I mean. And some of you second year students are not, and Nacho is not in there. He understands. And I remember that. You start to fall behind. It's like playing catch up the whole semester. And I want to encourage you right here from the outset that you build, build habits in that. Let me give you a couple other quotes from uh, some more current um, writers. Stephen Covey wrote a book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I highly recommend. I might refer to that later on as well. But he said he said this about habits. Habit is the intersection, listen, of knowledge, skill, and desire. Knowledge is what to do. Skill is how to do it. And desire is the want to do it. And habits are the intersection of all of those three. Knowledge, skill, and desire. That's a, that's a great thing to think through. Uh, when we're, we're seeking habits. Tony Robbins is a well-known motivational speaker, not a Christian from my understanding. He says, it's not what we do once in a while that shapes our lives, but what we do consistently. 
And I think that's super important that we would learn the consistency is important. One has said success, Robert Collier, success is the sum of small efforts repeated day in and day out. Zig Ziglar, that great motivational speaker, again, I don't believe he's a Christian, not sure. He says, there is no elevator to success. This is a great quote. You have to take the stairs. Elevators are awesome, right? When you're getting in a, you know, in a hotel that's like 10, 15 stories and you're on the 10th floor, say, that'd be cool. I wouldn't stay at a hotel that's on the t- with the 10th floor, looking over a city or something. That'd be a nice place to stay. Or you're getting into a business building and you're getting on the elevator. If you have to take the stairs, it's a lot more work, isn't it? It takes a lot more time. You, there's muscles that are used. There's effort that's, inter, that's entered into that process of going up the stairs. Well, sometimes we get this idea we can just jump on an elevator and we'll be successful. And what we have to understand is that really the road to success is like walking up a staircase. And, and that is so true for you young people as you're getting into your college education and you're, you have these classes that you're taking. It's just one foot in front of the other. It's just... One day after another, day by day, I shared with somebody yesterday, day by day is the only way. And the only way to to live for God is in the same way. The only way to be successful in your academics is is that way. The only way to stay healthy in life is is that way. And we could spend a lot of time on other areas that, that habits are important. One of my favorite writers, definitely a Christian man, and I highly recommend anything that you can get your hands on from from this individual is John Max, Maxwell. John Maxwell and his uh, he's got a whole series, probably close to fifty different books now on the subject of leadership, all from a biblical perspective. He's a solid Christian man. By the way, his podcast is excellent too. If you're a podcast person, if you're not, maybe you should be. It's it's good to listen to things. His podcast is excellent as well. So uh, learning um, learning leadership truths. But anyway, he says this, you'll never change your life until you change something that you do daily. The secret of your success is found in your daily routine. The secret of your success is found in your daily routine. I think this is super important. All of us think of things in our daily routine that could be better. Well, those are the things take some time to change them. Um, I, there's a little like 30 second or one minute uh, YouTube clip that's uh, a motivational clip by a uh, general in the uh, Marines, I believe it is. And he talks about how, how to be successful. And it's really quite humorous. Make your bed every day. Have any of you seen that little video? Okay. That's a very interesting video. Like he's like people that have, are learning to do the, the common, most mundane Ordinary things, and they do it routinely, those people are going to be successful. Habits. We need to build the right type of habits. We're looking at Galatians chapter 6. This is not just a secular truth. This is a spiritual truth. And I do believe it's a spiritual truth in the other areas we've talked about, which would be health, emotions, men, mental, our mental capacity, the physical things that we do. I think there's a lot of spiritual truth throughout the scriptures that deals with each one of those things. And the, the more disciplined you are physically and healthy, I mean, the more energy you have for God, the more influence you can be. So my wife has a thick book. It's about that thick. If you want to see it sometime, I'll show it to you. It's called The Habits of Health. And uh, we're not crazy, nutty health people, but we try, to, we try to eat healthy, try to live healthy. It was, it was about five years ago that I finally said, I got to stop drinking soda because I was a soda holic. I had a bad habit. 
I was drinking way too much soda. How many of you like soda, pop, Coke, whatever you want to call it? And my favorites were like Dr. Pepper, Mountain Dew. I like pretty much binged on Mountain Dew in college. I mean, that, that was my coffee. Back when I was in college, coffee wasn't, wasn't cool, you know, and then Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts and everything came along and made, made coffee hip and cool, right? Old people drank coffee and now uh, elementary kids want to drink coffee. But um, I drank, I drank so much soda. I mean, I, I, it's embarrassing how much soda. And then I drank. And then I started like, you know what? I'm getting a little bit heavier, you know, as I drank a little porking out a little bit because partially because of the soda and stuff. So then I started drinking diet soda. Have you ever done any kind of research on diet soda? Believe me, my wife has. Because I was drinking diet soda like I was drinking the other soda. And if you study that, recognize diet soda is actually worse for you. Now, it may keep the pounds off, but it has other things that hurt your mind, like the, the, the what's it called that's in it, the saccharin, I think it is, or the false sugar that's in it. And of course, all you still have all that fizz, all that carbonation, all the stuff. And I mean, I started to realize that was, that was a bad habit. And believe me, I, 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 so I'm embarrassed to say this, but it was a hard habit to break. I mean, some of you have had that experience. Maybe you haven't because you're all young and healthy and, you know, skinny, you know, you know, you guys you probably don't have to worry about drinking soda. But that's what I had. To, I had to start worrying about that because I had to think about the big picture, the end of life. I can't keep drinking this stuff and expect that I'm going to be healthy into my later years. I mean, I can tell you story after story after story of things that I've seen in my life that I'm like, I got to change that. And there's no, no way to actually break a bad habit and get a, make it, make it a good habit unless you identify it and you change it. I'll tell you another one. I have a friend who's on our board. His name is pastor Bud Wells. And actually this weekend I'll be going to preach at the church that he used to pastor. But anyway, um, he, he's in his late seventies. I think he's 77 now. I can't remember if I've told the second year students this, but he started telling me about his, his little bit of uh, exercise routine as a 77-year-old. And I remember the first time he told me, he said, yeah, I, I started years ago and I do, I do push-ups for however old I am. That's how many push-ups I do um, to start my push-up, my, my calisthenic routine. I was like, oh, 76 push-ups. I said, how many sets do you do to get to the 76? He was like, no, I, I start with 76 push-ups straight. I was like... Here's a 76-year-old guy, and I'm looking at him, and I'm like, this guy's old. You do 76 push-ups without stopping? I, said, I, I was, like, amazed. My jaw was on the floor. That's quite a habit. He was like, yeah. I was like, I, I don't know if I believe you. He, he just laughed. I said, this was while he was here at Southland. I said, why don't you, can you video that for me? Because I really want to see a 76-year-old man doing 76 push-ups in a row. So from the speaker room where he was staying up here in FI, he sent me a, he sent me a, a video. Here's a 76 year old man habitually every day. He does his his first set of 76 push. Now he's 77, so now he's doing 77. I was like, I can't do 76 pushups in a row, and I'm in my 40s. So guess what I did? I was like, I, I'm going to build a habit. So I started to try to work up to, and it took me a while to even work up to my age. Um, this was a few years back, probably when I was 43, I think I started to do that. It took me like weeks to get to the point where I could even do 43 push-ups without stopping. And here's, you know, my push-up idol doing 76, right? And so I started a habit. 
Have I, have I done that every single day? Almost, but I haven't been perfectly consistent on that. I, I wish that I was perfectly consistent on all my habits, don't you? But here's the point. We, we, have to, we have to see things that have to change in order to build the habit that we need to have. Let's go to this text in Galatians chapter 6 because more important than any other habit that even I've talked about, habits of health, physical, your body, anything like that, what you eat, is what we do spiritually. And I do believe this is super, super important and it's taught in Scripture. Look, look together with, with me at Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and following. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of his flesh reap corruption. How many of you know that typically our habits have led us to give into our flesh a lot? And when we give into our flesh, we will reap the flesh. So guess what? We need to build a habit of the second part there. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. This is a great text which helps us to understand that we need to build a habit of holiness and sowing to the Spirit and not to the flesh. Turn with me then over to James chapter 1. I'm going to give you three passages here to start with that I believe help us to see this uh, pretty clearly in Scripture. The word habit itself is not in, in Scripture, but I think what we find is clear teaching that we need to build routine, regimen, um, however you want to say it, patterns of holiness in our life. It's very clear, isn't it? All through Scripture. James chapter 1, let's look at verses 22 and following. But be ye doers of the word. Wouldn't that be a good habit to build? Every time you hear the word of God and every time God says something to you to do, you do it. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's now going to use an illustration of a habit that we all have. He is likened to a man beholding his natural face in the glass and beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. How many of you looked in the mirror this morning? Uh, it looks like you did. Everybody looks, looks good. All right, it's a habit that we do every single day. Guess what our habit spiritually, the illustration is look into the mirror of the Word of God. And when you do, let the mirror of the Word of God reveal to you what needs to change. And that good habit is hearing the Word of God, listening to the Word of God, and responding to the Word of God instead of just ignoring what, what the Word of God is telling you. And what the Spirit of God is telling you. So it's very clear that this is this would be a tremendous habit of holiness is to take the Word of God, to listen to it, to respond to it, and to make it a priority in your life. Okay, so that's very, very clear. Let's look to, to one more passage and then I'll, I'll give you uh, a semblance of an outline. Okay, Titus chapter 2. Go over to Titus. I encourage you to take these texts down and maybe go back and meditate on them. I mean, there, there's so much truth, isn't there, that, that we can meditate upon. Titus chapter 2, one of my favorite passages of Scripture, verse 11 and following. Look for the habits that we need to build here, the routines or the, uh, 
the patterns or the traditions that we need to, as young people, um, per- pursue in our life. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men. If you're looking for a text to debunk uh, the hyper-Calvinist position, this is a good one. Grace of God hath appeared unto all men. All men can be saved. Amen. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. I believe those would be some good habits. Sober, be sober, being righteous, and being godly, don't you? In this present world, looking for that blessed hope. There's another good habit. Keeping our eyes on the Lord in the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. The grace of God that is in your life as a child of God is teaching you to have godly habits of staying away from the world, living soberly and self-controlled, righteously, which is living out the righteousness of Christ, godly, being godlike in this present world. These are great habits, and it take, they take a lot of work. Um, and remember, we said yesterday, uh, success isn't, it doesn't just come, it's always uphill. It takes a lot of work to, to do this. All right, so I want to give you a, a simple outline in this in reference to taking these texts and kind of summarizing what we're seeing, what the scripture tells us in reference to building godly habits, building practices or routines in our spiritual life to make habits of holiness. Number one, if you're taking notes, is the purpose for this habit of holiness. The purpose of the habit of holiness is simply and solely two things, the glory of God and the gospel of God, the glory of God and the gospel of God. The Bible says that we are to live in in every way as a child of God to display the character of God. You know the verse, 1 Corinthians 10, 31, I'm sure. Say it with me, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Wow, we've heard that, we know it, we can say it. What does that mean? It means that we need to build a habit and understand those habits, whatever we do in life, anywhere in our life, is for the purpose of the glory of God. So what God wants to do through his power and his strength in our life is develop us with a focus on that purpose, the purpose of the glory of God in secondary to the glory of God. Um, but very close behind it is the gospel of, of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Look, I think this is very important for, for me to say to you as young people in, in the world in which we live, Christianity today that is being pumped at us is a hip form of Christianity. And I think that's a real problem. You have people that are, saying, that are saying and justifying fleshly living by saying things like, well, it's all about the gospel. There are whole movements and organizations that have been developed based upon, well, the gospel's going forward, so surely it's okay. No, the glory of God is the main purpose. And if you're trying to promote the gospel in a way that does not glorify God, then you're not properly fulfilling God's purpose. And God cares about how we get to that end. The end does not justify the means. You know what I mean by that? Just because the gospel goes forward doesn't make it always right the way that it went forward. So how we declare the gospel and what we do with the gospel and the actual means by which we display the gospel is absolutely important. 
Now, this is important for you to understand. I really believe this. What does the Bible say in Romans 3, 23? You guys know that verse? For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You go all the way back to Genesis. You find that we were created for in the image of God to display the image, to display the image of God. The purpose that we were created from the beginning before the fall was to display the glory of God, to be an image of God, an image bearer of Christ. So the gospel comes along secondary to that so that we can properly glorify God. Answer yes or no. Can you properly glorify God without receiving the gospel? No, that's a clear Bible truth. So the people of the world that haven't received Christ, they cannot glorify God until they receive the gospel. So the glory of God is the main purpose here in the big picture of what we're doing in life. It is our supreme purpose and ought to be our supreme focus that we, as God's created vessels, would, would shine his image. And in order to do that, we have to have the gospel. And yes, in order to properly glorify God, we will declare the gospel. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Southland Podcast. May the message you've just heard be truth that transforms your heart and life. Christ loves you and wants you to grow in His grace through salvation and sanctification. If you've never placed your faith and trust in the finished work of Christ, we'd love to talk to you personally. Please give us a call at 318-894-9154 or shoot me an email at mherpster at southlandcamp.org. Christ has promised eternal life and a life worth living if you will only believe in Him. May the Lord bless you in your pursuit of Christ-like living. Tune in next time right here for another message on the Southland Podcast.